Okay, so today's daf is Samach Aleph in uh, Yoma. We are at the two dots. It looks about seven lines from the uh, top of the Amud. Where it says, Tunu Rabbanan v'chipel et mikdash ha-kodesh, zo lefnei v'lefni. Oel moed zeichal. Mizbeach kimashmo. So the whole pasuk, really it's quoting the pasuk and it's dividing it up. It says, v'chipel et mikdash ha-kodesh, v'et oel moed, v'et ha-mizbeach yichaper, v'al ha-kohanim, v'al kolam ha-kal yichaper. This is a pasuk from Achrimot that describes the uh, the uh, atonement of the Yom Kippur. So it says he atones for Mikdash Kodesh, for Oel Moed, for the altar, the Mizrach, and he, he's, he atones also for the Kohanim and the entire community, right? So it says, Mikdash Kodesh, Now, the way the Rashi interprets this is that it means that he, he's doing kapara for Tum'ah that has occurred at these different parts of the Mikdash. So the, the, to any Tum'ah that might have occurred. Lifnai velifnim in the Kodesh Kodeshim, or in the Hechal, or the Mizbeach, that a, a person uh, was Tamei and approached the Mizbeach. Any of these uh, violations are atoned for on Yom Kippur. According to Rashi, that's what it's talking about. According to, there are others that say that no, this is, uh, it's not necessarily specifically, specifically talking about uh, Averot that connect to Tum'an, these different locations, but that's how Rashi it reads it. And um, and that says hakohanim. Uh, uh, so that, oh yichaper elu azarot. So that's for the courtyards. And hakohanim kimashmaan amakal elu yisrael. Kohanim means the kohanim, and amakal means the Jewish people. Yichaper elu alavim. So the word yichaper, the additional word yichaper includes the vim also. Ushvu kulan lechaparachat shekulan bekabim seyam b'shtarach b'shar averot of Rabbi Yehuda. So this is Rabbi Yehuda's opinion that we actually saw in Masech, in one of the very first Masechtot that we learned together, which was Shavuot, that the um, that the the uh, there's a machloket. What is the where does the kapara of the kohanim come from? Because there, when it comes to uh, we know that on Yom Kippur there are two korbanot that are brought. There's the bull and there is the goat. The bull is representing the kohanim, and the goat represents. There are two goats really that represent the Jewish people. One is the one that goes into the uh, you know the blood goes into the kodesh kodeshim and the blood goes also into the kodesh. That's the seir that is brought as a korban. Then there's the seir lazazel. So the question. So there are three korbanot actually. So. Everybody agrees that the goat that is brought as a korban, meaning of the two sirim, the two goats, the one that's chosen to become a lashem, the purpose of that goat or the, uh, the objective of the offering of that goat is to uh, offer an atonement for, the, uh, for sins that relate to Tumat Mikdash V'Kodeshav, which means that the, the defiling of the Beit HaMikdash. In other words, it, which means to say, sins that are done in the process of serving Hashem. So they're kind of like, you know, we're cleansing the Mikdash from the impurities that the Jewish people have brought to it in their imperfect service of Hashem. That's the Seir Lashem. That, that's another detail. But then what the Seir Amishtaleach is for every other Avira. Meaning a person goes and eats bacon, that's Seir Amishtaleach. If a person came into Beit HaMikdash, Tamei, or something, some other Tum'ah issue that uh, related to the Beit HaMikdash or to defiling something that was holy, that is uh, for the other Sa'ir. The other Sa'ir covers for that. Okay, everyone agrees. Like workers' compensation for work related. <laughs> okay, now, I don't know, that's an interesting analogy. But, the, um, but then the bull, so the bull, the question is like this. The, what does the bull cover for, right? What does the bull cover for? So everyone agrees that the Sa'ir that goes, that goes into the Kodesh HaKodeshim, that is for, not for the Kohanim. That is for the Jewish people in relation to sins that had to do with defiling the Beit HaMikdash. <coughs> and everybody knows, because it says there, it says in the Vidui of the Kohen Gadol, that the bull definitely covers those same sins for Kohanim. 
right? Meaning sins that the Kohanim committed invo- that involved the Bet HaMikdash, that's covered for or atoned for by the bull of Yom Kippur. Everyone agrees to that. So the, so the Par and Sa'ir have an overlap because they're both dealing with uh, sins that have to do with defiling the Bet HaMikdash. One is for the Kohanim, one is for everybody else. The question is, and, and everybody also agrees that the Sira Mishtaleach is to cover for all other sins that don't have to do with the Bet HaMikdash. But the question is, for whom is that given? In other words, is that Sira Mishtaleach covering everybody or it's covering only the Jews? Because the, maybe the Kohanim receive the totality of their Kapara only from the bull that's brought, and they don't need the Seirah Mishtalech. The two Seirim are both only for the Jews, or do we say, no, one Seirah is for only the, the, the Yisraelim, and, you know, and Levi'im and Yisraelim, and the other one is for everyone, right? So that's what Rabbi Yehuda says. Rabbi Yehuda says that when it comes to Tumat Mikdash V'Kodeshav, when it comes to the Bet Mikdash, where they have a different role, the Kohanim, they're responsible for it, they're doing the Avodah, so they have a par, and the Jewish people have a seir. They have something else that they are, uh, for when they come into the Beit HaMikdash and they cause Tum'ah. But when it comes to all other sins, all men are created equal. You know, what difference does it make? Right? When it comes to other sins, so the Seir HaMishtaleach covers for everybody, including the Kohanim. That's what Rabbi Yehuda says. Rabbi Shimon comes along and says that, no, Rabbi Shimon Omer Keshem, Shedama Seir HaNasa Bifni Mechaper Al-Yisrael B'Tumat Mikdash V'Kodashav, Kach Dama Par Mechaper Al-Kohanim B'Tumat Mikdash V'Kodashav, O Keshem, Shevidui Al-Sir, Shir Sir HaMishtalech Mechaper Al-Yisrael B'Shar Averot, Kach Vidui Shal Par Mechaper Al-Kohanim B'Shar Averot. According to Rabbi Shimon, the Kohanim get a package deal, they get a two-for-one deal. And other, they, they get all of their kapara from the bull. Because we see that the Jewish people, the Ami, meaning the Israelim, they receive kapara for one class of averot from the sa'ir, from the for that is offered. The other group of averot they get kapara because of the vidui on the sira mishdalech, not the sira mishdalech itself, because the sira mishdalech itself is not really a korban; it gets thrown over a cliff. It's not really a korban. It's the vidui that does it. So with the par, you also have two viduyim actually that the kohen does on it. He does one for himself and one for all of the kohanim. So Rabbi Shimon is saying they get a package deal. Their all of their kapara comes from the par. They don't need the sira mishdalech at all. It's like the Jewish people. You could think about it. This is like I don't want to go too into uh, hashkafan uh, philosophical things, but if you think about it this way, like Jewish people, they have two realms, two areas. They have the area of when they come to the Beit HaMikdash, Averod having to do with that, and then they have an area which is the the regular life, the secular life. They're not Kohanim. So in their life that's outside, they also do sins. Okay, so they, but it's split into two sirim, but really in a way it's like one kapara because they're connected to each other. So that's why you have two exactly same, you know, identical sirim and there, one goes one way, one goes the other way, but really they both have to do with the same uh, kind of thing that Jew, the Jewish people, the the uh, you know the Yisraelim deviating from the will of Hashem, either because they do avodat Hashem in the wrong way or because they are you know because they do sins that have nothing to do with Hashem, right? Whereas the Kohanim, because the Kohanim have a different role and their whole essence is serving Hashem because they are the Kohanim, so all of their kapara is related to the Beit Hamikdash. In other words, if a Kohen does a sin, according to Rabbi Shimon, you could think of it this way: it's like if a regular Jew does a sin, it's because he's distracted from serving Hashem. If, if if a Kohen eats bacon, even his eating of bacon is like Tumat Mikdash V'Kodeshav. It's like he's all, because, because he represents the Beit HaMikdash. It's like, Ubat Ish Kohen Kitechel is not. You see, like the family of the Kohen represents the, uh, you know, the Kiddushah of the Beit HaMikdash all the time. So all of their kapara comes from this one par, according to Rabbi Shimon. That's the way of thinking of it. Okay, so either way, that's the Machloket. Does the Sira Mishtalech represent 
only, you know, does it exclude the Kohanim or it includes the Kohanim as well? That's the Machloket between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. Now, Tanua Banan, the Rabbi's taught, V'chilam b'kaperet ha-kodesh, Z'el Eflai v'lefnim, O'el Mo'ed Z'echal, M'sbech k'mashma'o. Milamed shekulan kapara kapara b'fnei atzman. That what it means is that the first pasuk, it says, the V'chilam b'kaperet ha-kodesh, that's talking about the, that's talking about the, the, Actually, that pasuk, which pasuk is it saying? It's saying, it's mixing two pasukim, isn't it? One second. Oh, v'chila mikavrat ha-kodesh. Oh, that one. Right. That it's, a, it's a different pasuk. It's not the same pasuk as before. Right. V'chila mikavrat ha-kodesh. So it's saying there's three things. Because he, he the, in that case, what it means by the kodesh is the kodesh ha-kodeshi. That he, that he applies the blood in the kodesh ha-kodeshi. And then, the, the, when it says, Viet oil mo'ed, it's talking about the echal, and the mizbeach kimashmao, meaning that all of these steps are kapara kapara b'fnei atzman. Meaning to say that the, that if the, what's done in the kodesh ha-kodeshim is done properly, then even if there's a problem, like we said, that blood spills or something like that, he doesn't have to do the kodesh ha-kodeshim again. It's kapara kapara b'fnei atzman, means each stage is its own stage. The stage of, in the kodesh ha-kodeshim, the stage when he's facing the parochet, and the stage when he is applying the blood to the Alter all of those are independent, so they can exist independently, as we're going to see. Right, so this is a machloket we're going to see runs throughout. So there's two issues. One issue is if they complete each, if the Kohen Gadol completes a stage of what he's supposed to do, one full stage, okay, and then something goes wrong. So then he can, everyone agrees he can continue from where he left off. Meaning if he did everything in the Kodesh HaKodeshi and now he's up to the Kodesh and then the blood spills. So now what does he do? He doesn't have to go back in the Kodesh HaKodeshi again. He finished it already, right? He can start with the Parochet now in the Hechal. If he finishes the Hechal, uh, the application of the blood towards the Parochet and now he's going to go to the, uh, to the Mizbeach there, right? And then the blood spills. He doesn't have to do the Parochet again. He doesn't have to do the Kodesh HaKodeshi again. It was done. The question is, what if he's in the middle of doing the Hazaot in the Kodesh HaKodeshim and he spills the blood? He did three of them. He's supposed to do seven. So what does he do now? Or he's supposed to do eight, right? Right? Eight. So what happens? He did three and now he drops the blood. So what does he do? Can he just pick up from number four? That's the question. So according to Rabbi Eliezer, that's what Rabbi Eliezer says. I'm sorry, according to the Tanakhama, rather, it says, He has to start all over again. It's like a set. Right? Yeah, it's a set. If he did three already, continue at number four. He doesn't have to go all the way back to the beginning. So that everybody agrees. In other words, if he finished everything in the in the in the Kodesh and now the blood spills, so he can continue. He continues from the parochet. He doesn't have to go back into the Kodesh Hakodeshim. If he did part of the blood uh, service at the parochet, in other words, now he's in the Kodesh, not the Kodesh Hakodeshim, and the blood spills. So again, the Tanakhama says that set has to be done as one. So if he has to, if he gets interrupted, he has to start that part over again. He doesn't have to start the entire thing over again. Meaning, he doesn't have to go back into the Kodesh Hakodeshim, but he uh, he has to start that segment over again. Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon, Eno Matchil Shepasak. Again, if he threw the blood three times against the parochet and then the blood spilled. 
Okay, he starts from number four according to them. Gamar matanot shabayichal v'nishpachadam yavidam achirvet chilvat chilav matodam isbeach. Again, you have the then you have to apply the blood to the golden altar. What happens if the blood spills in between the parochet and the golden altar? You finish the parochet. You did the seven up. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the one up and seven down of the par and sair. You're done. So now you come to the mizbeach. Okay, natan miktzat matanot shabayichal v'nishpachadam yavidam achirvet chilvat chilav matodam isbeach. So in other words, if, he's, if the blood spills between the parochet and the mizbeach, he just brings new blood and he starts from the mizbeach. He doesn't have to go to the parochet again or kodesh or kodeshim again. But if he's in the middle and he did cor- corner number one of the mizbeach, and then the blood spills, now he has to start all over again with the mizbeach. Again, same thing. He can say, if he did one corner, okay, so do the other three. Why do you have to, uh, why have to do that over again? Right? Everybody agrees. If the blood spilled after that, in other words, if the blood spills, before he puts it into the outer mizbeach, because then he's going to go and he's going to put it onto the yisod, puts it onto the base of the altar. There, everybody agrees that it's not going to be me'akev, uh, it's not going to be, it's not going to uh, disrupt the, uh, the avodah, and uh, therefore he wouldn't have to go back and, uh, and, and fix what he did, okay? But the point is that the basic machloket is whether, if you're in the middle of one of these three sets, there are three segments, Kodesh HaKodeshim, Kodesh Mizbeach, which is also in the Kodesh. I'm saying Parochet and Mizbeach. If you get interrupted in the middle of one of these, do you have to start all over again from that segment? Or you just continue where you left off? That is the basic Machloket. Um, in any right. case, they have to go uh, slaughter under either... They, in, in either case, they're going to have to get a new animal because they spilled the blood. Sure. That's for sure. The question, Meaning, they wouldn't have to slaughter a new animal in order to pour blood on the base of the altar, it's saying. They wouldn't have to do that. Part, right. Yeah. But in order to do any of those other stages, they wouldn't. It's going to talk about what do they do with the extra ones and all that. It's going to talk about that eventually. Yeah. They all learn it from the same pasuk. It says one time per year. Rabbi Meir Savar. Rabbi Meir is presumed to be the Tanakama here. Right? So Rabbi Meir Savar. Rabbi Meir says, I said one chatat, not two. Okay, meaning once you've, which means to say that, uh, that once you do the kapara, <laughs> then you, you don't do it from two chataot. So what's the difference between the uh, two interpretations? So meaning, according to Rabbi Meir, you shouldn't repeat any part of the service that you already did. So since you did the Kodesh HaKodeshim already, you don't have to go back and do that again. Chatat Achat, I, I said Chatat Achat, meaning each stage, he's interpreting each stage as Achat. What is right? Hitui? Hitui? I mean one action, oh. one, one uh, spritzing, one, you know, uh, split, right? So the Hazaa. So he's saying, there's taking it further. In other words, the question, the word Achat means you shouldn't be doing things more than once. You shouldn't be repeating it. Right? So Rabbi Meir says that means you shouldn't repeat a segment, but if the segment gets interrupted, you might have to be- repeat the beginning in order to do the, uh, the entire process is one entity. Each one is one entity, according to him, but, with, but once an entity is completed, you don't have to do a previous segment just because you got messed up in the next segment. You don't have to start all over from the beginning again. However, according to Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon, it goes even further. Mm-hmm. Even if in the middle of a segment you already did three of the applications, you can't do those applications again. You're also not allowed to repeat those applications again. And so therefore you would have to continue from where you left off. In other words, it's all a question of repetition. What can you repeat? According to Rabbi Meir, if you finished a segment, you never repeat the segment that you finished just because you now have to slaughter a new animal and you're going to have to start from the middle. 
right? But according to uh, Rabbi Lazar Rishimon, you can't even repeat an action that you did, meaning even want, right? Even part of it, you can't repeat. That's the problem, okay? So then you can't have like a Kohen Gadol that has OCD and he says, like, he keeps having to do it again and again, you know? Tanya, it says, Amar Rabbi Rabbi says, Li chilek Rabbi Yaakov elugin. That Rabbi Yaakov told me that this is not true with the Log Shemen of the Mitzvah. The Log Shemen of the Mitzvah is talking about when the Mitzvah comes for his purification and he comes to the Bet HaMikdash and they offer the Korban Asham, right, when he's purified. So first he has the purification that's outside the camp, right, with the birds and everything. And then when he comes into the Bet HaMikdash, finally to f- complete his process, he brings the Asham and they put the blood on his ear, on his thumb, on his toe. And then they take oil and they wave the oil together with the Asham also. And they also spray, the, they also uh, sprinkle the oil towards the Kodesh a certain, you know, the seven times. And then they put the oil on his ear, on his thumb and on his toe. He's standing outside actually. He just does hokey pokey. He puts his ear in. Ear out, thumb in, thumb out, toe in, toe out, oh, he but he doesn't turn around. So that's only different because he doesn't have to do that. But, but the rest of the hokey pokey, he's, he does. Now, well, the point is that he, he brings another. So the thing is, when it comes to the log, he said they don't have this machloket. In other words, even though you might say that it says log echad shaman, it says one thing of oil. So you might think if they started the process with one thing of oil and it gets spilled, so you, you know, you can't replace it again, or you might, you might think that if in the middle you can't replace it again, it says there they don't have a machloket. Or she says, even though you might have thought that it says log echad shaman, log echad login, he says there you could say no. Um, here we don't have an issue with repeating the process. So even if you dropped it, in other words, everybody would agree that if the oil spilled, you could start all over again from the beginning of the applications. You don't say, well, I'm going to continue where I left off because here we don't have a pasuk that says you're only allowed to do it once. Here we don't have that issue. So therefore you would be able to do it all over again, meaning if the oil spilled, you would wave the new oil and then you would do the, uh, you would do the oil starting all over again. Well, That's what it's saying. Well, why would you do that? Do that you, you, it, you messed it up in the middle. You dropped it. Spilled all over the floor. Okay, so just continue. But you lost it now. You can't continue because you didn't do all the application. You only did one, let's say. To get more oil. I mean, oil yeah, that's, oil. That, the point is that it's saying you might have thought yeah. that, you would ha- that you would have a problem uh, <laughs> with, the, you know, with this case because you're doubling up. Because it's log echad. So it's saying, no, you can do it again. You can start over. Now you have to bring a new thing of oil and you have to start over the ear, the thumb, and the... You have to sprinkle it and then you do the ear, the thumb, and the... And the toe, you have to repeat it, meaning it's not an issue of repeating. And even according to Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon, you would repeat it according to this. That's what he's saying at first. Right, but then it's going to say, that's not really true. Velo, really? It's not a machloket? It says, if you did some of the spraying, meaning of the sprinkling of the oil inside, and then you spilled it, you have to again do the application of the blood, of the oil, the, the sprinkling of the oil, uh, the seven times again. Right? In other words, you're going to have to start over again. In other words, same thing. You have seven, if in the middle of sprinkling seven times, you dropped the oil because you sprinkle the oil also t- towards the parochet. So you sprinkle it seven times. Let's say after three, you dropped it, right? So you have to, according to Tanakama, you have to start over again, just like we oh, said wait. before, from number one, sprinkling. 
It's seven, we're talking about the sprinkling first. Right? For the sprinkling, you have to start over again. According to Rabbi Shimon, no, you start from the middle. Let's say he finished doing the matanot and the echal. In other words, he went in, he did the, uh, he, he sprinkled the, uh, the, the oil, and now he comes to put it on the, on the mitzorah and he drops it. So then he starts with placing the oil on the thumb and the ear and the, and the toe of the uh, mitzorah. So that everybody agrees. In other words, since he completed a segment, he completed hazaot of the oil. The, pro- the point is that first he sprinkles the oil to- towards the parochet and then he brings it and he, uh, and he puts it on the mitzorah. So in the, so if he completed all the, ha- so one question is what happens if in the middle of the hazaot the oil drops? Do you start all over again or do you start from where you left off? That's question number one. Question, everyone agrees that if you finished all the hazaot and then the oil drops, that you bring new oil and you start from where you left off because it's a new segment. Now it's the placing of the oil on the mitzvah, different thing. But Natan miktat matanot shebebohonot v'nishbachalog yavilog achir v'yatchil v'tchilav matanot shebebohonot. Again, according to the Tanakama, if in the middle of applying the oil to the mitzvah you drop the oil, you have to bring new oil. Where do you start from? You don't start all. So you have to start all over again, according to Tanakama. Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon, If you already got his ear, you start from the thumb, meaning you don't have to start all over again if you already began it. And then again, at the end, after he applies the oil to the uh, ear and the thumb and the toe of the mitzvah, then he puts it, it, he takes it in his hand and he puts it onto the head of the mitzvah. That's extra. That's like, that's like pouring out the blood outside. So that you wouldn't have to go bring a whole additional uh, thing of oil for because that's only the leftover oil. And since there's no leftover because it's spilled, that's okay. But the point here is that they do actually have the machloket here, the same machloket when you have a procedure, multi-step procedure. Procedure number one is hazaot and the hechal of the oil towards the parochets. Procedure number two is the placing of the oil on the mitzvah. And within each one, there are steps because there's seven applications of the oil when it comes to the sprinkling. And there are, there are three applications, really, of the oil to the mitzvah's body. And so the same question is applied here, whether you have to start all over again or not. So, He didn't say, Rabbi didn't say that Rabbi Yaakov dis- distinguished between the cases, actually said the opposite. He said that it's the same argument in both cases. He taught me the same argument by Mitzvah that they have by Yom Kippur. Amar Mor, the Master said, How do you know that placing the oil on the head of the Mitzvah at the end is not Me'akev? What's the reason? Because it says only the leftover, and here you don't have leftover because it's spilled on the ground. Maybe you'll say that's the reason. But we know that sometimes a noteret or a notar could be me'akev. How so? Because if a kohen, let's say, takes the komets, he takes the handful from a flower offering, and then everything left from the flower offering gets burnt up or destroyed, he doesn't put it on the mizbech because there has to be a leftover. It has to be a komets from the mincha that's going to be eaten, but it can't just be a komets by itself. And even though it says the leftover... Um, it's still necessary. So no, it's because It says it twice. It says Okay, it says it twice in the Pasuk. And then later on it says uh, uh, he says um, it says it says um, where is the Pasuk of the Notar? Remember that one? Right, so it says it twice. So the two Pasukim tell you that it's only when it's leftover. If there's no leftover then that because the point is that it's already a leftover of a leftover because the uh, uh, the, uh, the it's a leftover of what was sprinkled in the hechal and now it's a leftover again of that so it's a double leftover so therefore you don't, that's not me okay fine. 
But the basic machloket about what do you do when a process is interrupted in the middle, it's the same issue in both cases. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan said, Asham Mitzorah lishmo. If an Asham Mitzorah was, was slaughtered, not for the sake of its uh, proper designation. So we know the general rule is that if you offer a korban shelolishmo, it's it's accepted, but it doesn't it isn't credited to the owner, right? It isn't credited to the person. It's just accepted. So it says if they offered the asham mitzvah shelolishmo, and then they went ahead, I guess, and they put the blood on his finger and his toe and his uh, and his ear, like they're supposed to, even though it wasn't done lishem the proper korban. That we're gonna, it's the same machloket. How so? So they realize the problem. They say, you know, we have to start all over again. We messed up. We we slaughtered the korban, but it was shelo lishmo. So even though we did certain steps in the process, we have to start all over again. However, Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon, according to Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Elazar, you can never go back and redo something that's been done. You always have to pick up from wherever you left off. And that means that there's, even though it's wrong, and therefore you're never going to be able to do it. You're never going to be able to fix it because you already got to that point in the process and you can only bring one asham. So now you're stuck. You can never do it. That's according to them. So you're going to be, what? Right, so he's not going to have any way to get out of it. That's the way, that's what they're going to end up coming up with. Now, the interesting thing is, a court, so, the, so Tosafot here and, and many Rishonim say that this interpretation of Rashi is very problematic because if you offer the Korban Shelolishmo, why does it count at all? It should be that he didn't bring an Asham at all. Right? So that's why they have another Girsav, Rabbeinu Hanan El, that it's not talking about where they slaughtered it, Shilolishmo, but it's talking about rather where, uh, where the blood spilled. In other words, in between the time that they slaughtered the Asham and offered it and they brought the blood to put on the Mitzvah, the blood spilled. So the thing is, the only solution would be to bring another Asham, and since he can't do that, according to Rabbi Lezab, Rabbi Shimon, he would be stuck. Right? That, that fits better with our case. The only thing is, then you have to amend not only this part, but also an upcoming part is going to be problematic too. But in any case, doesn't it say oto? It says the word this. In other words, that it ha- it specifies that the oto asham, meaning that even according to Rabbi Meir, it should be limited that you can only bring one asham and never another one, and therefore you should not be able to correct things. It says you're right, Kasha. That's a difficulty. It would seem like real, really Rabbi Meir should even agree that only one asham could be brought. Of course, the question is, how could you say that's really an asham? If it was shelolishmo, apparently Rashi thinks it still was. Tanya kavatid Rabbi Yochanan asham So this also you would have to change this part of the Gemara also because it sounds like fitting Rashi. Right, that it's that if you are if you slaughtered the asham mitzvah shelolishmo with the wrong intention, or you didn't put the blood on the uh, on the fingers of the uh, of the mitzvah apparently because it spilled. Right, how is it? It's offered. You finish the offering, and you did another asham. So the question is, Rav, so that contradicts Rav, Rav Chizda, because Rav Chizda said that, at least according to Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Shimon, and he was saying, even according to Rabbi Meir, you shouldn't be able to bring another Hashem, because you're only allowed to bring one Hashem, and it's too late for you, too bad for you. For Rav Chizda, Malach, Mai Tzarich, Tzarich Vein Takana. What it means, Tzarich, is you need it, but you can't get it, so you're stuck. You'll never be able to complete your purification process. This mitzvah is going to be really a uh, uh, miskin. He's stuck, he, you know. He's not going to be able to ever uh, eat korbanot again. Do we ever use that language of tzarich when a person has no option? We say he needs it even though he can't have it? And yes, I, and, and this is the part we're going to be able to relate to. It says, What, what about a bold nazir? What does he do? 
right? A bald Nazir, not on my level. My level at stump something is still there. We're talking about totally bald, like Mr. Clean level, right? So I'm bald, the, the, he's bald. Now what happens in Nazir when he comes at the end of the Tarah? He, uh, he has to shave his head, but he doesn't have anything to do. So what is he going to do? Right? Have, uh, can live up there. Yeah, so Beit According to, to, to Beit Shammai, you have to put the razor over his head because he, it, it's one of the mitzvot. It says, you have to, you have to put a, uh, a, 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 the razor. Right? So it says, Since he doesn't have any hair, he doesn't have to shave. Right? What they mean is, he needs it and he can't do it. So he's not ever going to be able to complete the process of Nazirut. He's not going to be able to ever uh, get himself out uh, because it says, nazir, and he's not going to be able to do Gilacha uh, Nazir. What? He, he won't be able to get out of it. He could take the net there and then he won't be able to get out of it. Right, once you, you can get in, but you can never. Ch- what? We call it Hotel California. You can you can never you can never leave. He didn't know that yeah. rules. Yeah. Then he signed up. He didn't, yeah. know, didn't, know, he didn't know. Or maybe he had the condition after he became a He developed the condition of hair. Could be. Yeah. Rabbi Pedat. This disagrees with Rabbi Pedat. Rabbi Pedat. Beit Shammai and Rabbi Elazar. Amud because Rabbi Pedat said that no, Beit Shammai is saying the same thing that Rabbi Elazar said in another case. That Beit Shammai had Amaran. This is Beit Shammai, what we just said. And Rabbi Elazar, that we learned in a Braita that if the person, let's say the Mitzvah doesn't have, it should say Ditnan, if he doesn't have a thumb or he doesn't have a big toe, we can never become pure, the Mitzvah. Rabbi Elazar Omer, Noten al Mekomo, Viotzei. Put it on the place where he would have, his thumb would have been, and it's enough. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Im Natanal Shosmol or put it on the left side. In other words, the idea is that there's a possibility to get, meaning, what did they do? They would put the ta'ar over his head, not cutting anything, obviously, because there's no hair there. But what Bechamai means is you symbolically do it, even though he doesn't have any hair, they do the best you can, That's right? That's not, uh, you don't have to do, you know, you can't, it's not that he's stuck permanently in the situation. Right. Right, it's like uh, you do hatafat but there's a machlok, there's a whole issue about it. So what's the halacha here? Well, so, the halacha is that you know, he doesn't have to do it because he doesn't have any hair. Right, so, so, but it's the same issue that if you, uh, that if you, if, so if you, so one possibility would be to interpret it to mean tzarich, asham achilachshiro means that he needs another asham and he can bring another asham. Another one is to say no, that he's stuck, like the way that uh, Rabbi, that, uh, Rabbi Avina said, that uh, there's no way out of it because he needs to bring another asham, but he can't. You could think that taking the blood of the asham is done with a vessel. He actually takes the blood directly from the animal into his hand and puts it on the... Uh, the, the ear and the thumb and the toe of the mitzvah. Maybe you'll think that the blood put on the mitzvah is the same thing. It says that the chatat and the asham are the same. Which means that when you do an asham, you also have to use a kli to collect the blood. Basically, the rule is that there are two kabbalot adam for the asham mitzvah. One is in a kli and is then taken to the mizbeach, put on the mizbeach, a normal, the normal process. And the other blood that is taken in the hand of a different kohen, second kohen, in his hand, which he then takes and he dabs it on the ear and the thumb and the toe of the mitzvah. That's just a halacha of mitzvah that isn't necessarily directly, directly related to what we were saying, but connects to the theme. So as we'll pick up here tomorrow, finding out what happens when you have more than one par.
Tsar or Sa'ir, because you had to replace them in the middle, what happens to the extras uh, in the process? Tomorrow we'll 